AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Aviation Group. Dulles and Reagan airports hold unique roles in the national air system. Not only are they gateways to the D.C. region, but they're also gateways for the world entering our capital. Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority leadership recognizes this mission and is undertaking a massive revamp of concessions and passenger experience upgrades at DCA and IAD to enhance the overall traveler experience. I caught up with MWAA Vice President of Marketing and Concessions, Gemini Erskine, during the 2023 ACINA Annual Conference in Long Beach, where she shared details on the project and the opportunities these improvements can create at both airports. Gemini, I really appreciate you talking to us about this today. Tell me a little bit about the refresh you are doing in the concessions program at DCA and IAD. Okay, well, um, it is a very extensive program. Uh, it's a kind of a multi-phased um, uh, program that we started probably around 2021, right coming out of COVID to see, hey, is there a really market now for people wanting to have interest in our airport? Our program has, you know, kind of run its course and run its life. Um, after COVID hit, you know, we extended a lot of leases and things like that. But now, you know, we're saying, hey, it's time to redevelop, refresh the program. And so we did kind of an initial push of a phase one to say how many people would be interested. And, you know, lo and behold, we had a lot of people interested, which was really exciting for us. And um, so that kind of teed it up. We said, you know, uh, based off the interest we got, we said we want to be able to renovate the program. We'll keep on that multi-phase um, uh, outlook. And so we started with a phase one. We started and then uh, immediately after we came with the phase two um, with several more locations. And these are across both airports. So we had opportunities at both. Um, and so we, we kind of developed an entire merchandising strategy, um, you know, with our with the company that we have as our fee manager who, um, who helps us with the program and um and so, you know, we, we sat down, we said, let's take a look at the merchandising strategy we have and making sure that, you know, how many places do we have coffee? How many places do we have sit down restaurants? So we had to kind of go through that exercise and say, what are we lacking? Because now we know the traveler is very different from where they were pre-pandemic to post-pandemic, right? We know that they're not really looking at all the specialty retail, which was always a struggle in the past. And so we said, okay, well, well now we can re start to reduce those down. And so that program kind of implemented that strategy of, okay, uh, what types of concessions we want to put, what kind of categories do we want to focus on. And then, um, and so that multi-phased approach was, was kind of perfect for us because then it's slowly kind of saying, we're going to take these concessions down, we're going to build these concessions um, in these new places. Um, and then, you know, how do we just transition that entire program? And so now we're already up to a phase three, um, which uh, we're in the process of awarding now and getting leases in place. 
And, um, and so it's been really a great way of, of looking at this holistically, but it's a lot of moving parts, right? And, and especially at two premier airports. And so, um, you know, we, we really have to sit down and think of that overall strategy and it's, it's constantly moving. So, you know, anytime that there's might be a change in airline that might affect another concourse, we have to keep those things in mind, but that's overall how we look at the program and how we're phasing this out for both. So you're in phase three right now. Can you elaborate a little bit about what that is? And I'm curious, how many phases are expected to anticipate to be a part of this? Well, we were anticipating probably six phases overall. Um, we have 180 locations to transition, so that's a lot. Um, but we have to do it in a way so that we're not negatively impacting that customer experience and making sure that we have all available categories of stuff available to them, you know, at all uh, at all times of the day and at uh, all times of the year. So, um, you know, so we really had to think about, you know, how do we change that now one of the unique aspects is we actually got new space in um, in uh, Reagan National um, because we moved the checkpoints right so we made everything that was in National Hall now post security and so the second we did that which everybody sales just skyrocketed um, we knew that we had some empty spaces at where the old checkpoints were at the base of each concourse right that, those were where the security uh, where security was originally and so we were able to take that footprint and and say hey we can put new concessions in these footprints and so that's exactly what we did and so right now we are now finalizing phase one um, which has all of those uh, um, you know kind of the base of the pier or base of the concourse um, built out and so we'll finish that phase two is now looking at you know within the concourses phase three actually talks about and this is kind of what goes back into the uh, uh, national airport is we have a consolidation that's happening at the end of each of the concourses right so concourse e is our newest concourse but then we have a lot of changes that we have to make in b c and d and so based off of that we're actually losing the number of concessions we have at the end and so that phase three was actually looking at what do we consolidate at the end and say, let's put a really great anchor bar restaurant at the end of each of those concourses. And so that's really what's coming within phase three is those end, uh, you know, end of the concourses where we're going to be consolidating and putting, um, you know, premier, premier um, branded concepts that are, you know, um, with a bar and a full service, you know, full service. And so, um, so that's going to be part of phase three. And then also phase three has some unique other, um, you know, retail, uh, you know, um, uh, travel essentials that are going to be included within National Hall and then also within Dulles, right? So phase three is also going to have some premier restaurants coming in, coming in line and uh, other travel essentials and retail concepts that we're putting within phase three. Um, and phase too is also just as exciting. We have a lot of, and these are all like DC-based restaurants that are coming in, so we're really excited about that. Places like Rappahannock uh, Oyster Bar, which is in the wharf right now in DC, um, we're bringing those types of concepts in. So we're really excited about that program of really elevating our local reach of, of the, um, uh, the types of brands that we have locally, and then also our international concepts that we want to try to bring in too. You know, some some of the fancier ones that are you know using just walkout tech technology and things like that. So we're looking at automation, we're looking at all of that stuff as we're phasing these programs. And so uh, really phases four, five, and six are just gonna be continuation of all of the concepts that we still have to redevelop. And I know I speak for probably every DCA frequent user that it's gonna be really exciting to have a lot of new options, especially local options from the DC area. Absolutely. But as a overall goal from the airport authority, 
what is it that you want to try and accomplish by doing this refresh? Yeah, I mean, the free refresh is really for that passenger experience. We want to elevate that passenger experience for anybody coming through our airports. Um, you know, from everything with increasing, you know, uh, you know, the number of options that are available, including healthy options. We surprisingly we get a lot of feedback from our customers that, hey, I can't find any healthy options. You know, and so we're doing a lot of marketing strategies around that too. But we are providing those healthy options. Those are part of the packages that are coming out in terms of available. Availability, uh, you know, how do we focus those types of things, right? Um, but we also have, you know, we know we have to change our restrooms. You know, we know they're dated. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a single category that's always affecting our scores as well. And so, you know, but part of that is having to expand the restrooms, right? And so, some of the areas that they're expanding to are actually concession spaces. And so, we have to figure out, hey, we're going to lose this concession space because of this restroom coming. How do we handle that? And where do we have that? other space that we can can, can substitute right um, but we know that the the restroom expansion is needed we're gonna have bigger stalls we're gonna have you know brighter uh, you know uh, brighter lighting in there um, better fixtures in there we have you know floor-to-ceiling doors in there and you know with uh, with indicator lights to tell you whether it's occupied or not occupied and so we really want to enhance the customer experience with offering them comfort of those new restrooms and then you know how do we you know provide even more uh, uh, amenities to them as they're in the concourses. And then we know that we have to do the hold room expansion because, hey, the aircrafts are not getting any smaller, right? So as they're getting bigger, we know we're gonna have to put that seating in there. So we're looking at comfort seating um, in, in, the, in the hold room areas. And then, you know, how do we create that experience for them in the gates, you know? Maybe there's another way to elevate, elevating that. Um, in addition, even in, in, uh, in National Hall, one of the things we're doing is the comfort seating along the windows, because we have these big, beautiful windows that people look out, is that how do we keep them in those spaces and then give them the passenger experience of, you know, relaxation and, you know, given that ambiance that they need, you know, as they're coming to the airport, they're just coming through, you know, the checkpoints uh, and through security. There's a lot of anxiety right there and stress. And so how do we kind of slow that down? So we're looking at, you know, what are the aesthetics we put into National Hall as they're coming through? And so that's actually part of this more, the larger redevelopment that's going on within DCA. Mm -hmm. And the bathrooms, we all know that's a very important part for every for every airport out there, and that's yep. something everyone's trying to challenge. And it sounds like a great direction you're in with, you know, opting for a lot of technology in the restrooms and different things for comfort. How did leadership determine which direction to take with this in terms of what you wanted to offer? I mean, was it listening to the customers or was it just knowing what's available in the market? How did you go about that? Yeah, a lot of it is like understanding the studies that are out there of, you know, how much how much room do you actually need in these restrooms? And there was a lot of best practices that were taken in. There's a lot of airports across the country now that are changing that. Uh, they know they have to provide, you know, better spaces for their, for, uh, their customers. Um, and restrooms are always a number one category. You know, I mean, before it was just like, hey, we just have to make sure they're clean. Now it's like we want to we want to make sure that they have space that they can put their bags or, you know, um, hang their coats. And um, and also, you know, do we have enough like companion rooms or, you know, places that are nursing rooms, all of those types of things and special rooms that are, you know, amenities that are getting incorporated into these restroom programs and and into where the actual restrooms are. Right. So so the, all those things are best practices that are learned from the industry. 
um, you know, just from uh, a lot of the reports that are coming out now and expectations of what customers are looking for and even our surveys, right, to say, hey, you know, we need better restrooms in these areas. And so we said, okay, yep, you know what, we're going to take that back and we're going to say we can probably produce that for the next round, right? So. And I know some of that's got you mentioned before that it's going to take up some additional space, what used to be concession space, right. especially in a facility like DCA where real estate is tight. <laughs> There's yes, not a lot very, of room. Very, very tight, yes. How did you go about planning on that to make sure that you were making the moves that are going to be the most beneficial for your customers? Yeah, so that was um, extensive stakeholder discussions, right? We have a actual a redevelopment team that works together. It's operations, it's engineering, you know, some design folks, it's, you know, um, our concessions team. It's everybody kind of coming together to figuring out how do we, how are we going to transition this program? We're already in the midst of doing concessions built out, right? But, but you know, we think we can execute this as long as there's a, it's a timing, you know, it's sequencing, it's all of these things that, you know, what are the hurdles that we think we're going to uh, come against, um, making sure that we're addressing all of those pieces and we're doing it well in advance. And this has been kind of definitely over a year process that we've been taking as a, as a team to figuring out, okay, what do we change first? You know, what, what restroom do we tackle first? You know, what concession do we have to take out to make sure that that works? Um, and so, you know, we're taking it literally concourse by concourse, you know, drilling down to every single detail of what's happening within every single space and seeing where do we have opportunities. I mean, do we have to put up temporary locations, you know, as a restroom is being, you know, taken over? Um, you know, what do the barricade walls look like? You know, all of that level of detail is what this team has been really, you know, kind of focusing on. And it's it's still an ongoing puzzle, right? It's still a moving Part because you know there's contractors that we're getting on board you know mm -hmm. and what is the timing that they're going to be putting in, in place of all of this and so you know it's really having everybody working together and looking at the big picture of all the changes that have to happen and then breaking it down you know by location by month by day almost of what is it going to look like and where do we think that we're going to have some impacts and how do we minimize the impacts but at the end of the day we want to make sure that the customer is not negatively affected and so you know, what is that communication to the customer as well? Um, you know, as long as they can get whatever amenity they need to, this is a two-year project, you know, two and a half year project. And so, um, you know, we just want to make sure d during that time, you know, the passenger is getting everything, every type of amenity that they need and getting all the information in terms of all the changes that are happening in the, in the terminal. And how are you coordinating that message in the work? I assume this is overnight work that's handling in most cases, or is it during the day? Um, some of it's overnight work, some of it's during the day. Um, like the whole room projects, obviously we cannot change our operations yes. <laughs> with aircraft, right? <laughs> and so we have to keep the you know planes going and, and uh, people stocking on the planes, right? So um, so a lot of that whole room work is going to happen overnight. Um, you know, they'll take probably a gate at a time, uh, two gates at a time. You know, so that that sequencing is what we're working through right now um, but you know but we can't stop that work right um, you know it's, it's kind of like the the runway work that we have going on right now there that they're doing a lot of overnight repairs to very old runway um, and all of that is happening at night and they have to absolutely get it done before the next morning right before that first flight comes in comes in so um, so it's the same kind of thing we want to make sure that we're not negatively impacting any of the operations that are happening there so some of it is night work um, and then some of the restroom projects you know that's going to be a lot of the day work but you know if we can speed up some of the some of the you know uh to get them open faster or something like that we'll 
kind of look at the timing to see if there's overnight work that has to be done there too, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, but it's all at a cost, and then we have to make sure that we're fitting the budget that we actually have for this entire program. Yeah. And so the overall timeline of this program, how long is it anticipated to take? And along the way, what kind of metrics are you looking at internally to make sure that it's proceeding as you want it to? Um, yeah, so this is initially a two-year project. You know, we're thinking it's going to kick off. Um, you know, we've, like I said, we've already started the, cons the concessions portion of it. But once the hold rooms and the restrooms and, uh, you know, the, the soft seating that's going to be coming in National Hall, all of that is going to start sometime in January. Um, and so we think it's going to be two years. So so by the end of 2026, we're going to have a big, beautiful terminal with all of these amenities in there. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take time. And I think as we're going through, you know, the, the year or as the months are progressing, we're going to make sure that we're keeping on target, right, and making sure do we still have all those amenities in place? Um, you know, uh, does the passengers have enough, you know, to get to as a service aspect? Um, you know, are there enough restrooms that are going to be, you know, in place? You know, because construction woes always happen right and there's always some something that's going to say oh it's taking a little bit longer than expected we're having that issue with some of the concessions right now but we said okay well if that's going to happen then maybe we need to keep other things open a little bit longer before we take them down um you know maybe we might have to wait on a restroom project until we open another concession area in another place you know so so we're going to closely evaluate that as we're going through the project you know maybe look at some quarterly milestones to see where we are and then um, and then hopefully by year one we'll say okay yeah we think we got a handle on it and we know what's changing uh, maybe by year two things might go pick up a little bit faster right so but we feel like it's always going to be evolving so there's really no way of getting accurate to the day of this is really good this is actually going to happen this day and this day but um but we're going to see we're going to track it maybe on a quarterly basis to say are we on track and then whatever's slipping then what do we overcompensate for it you know in, in other ways and just ensuring that the passenger is taken care of and personally, I'm excited to hear about National Hall being more incorporated because that's one of my favorite facilities in all of North America. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me, what is the overall vision for that facility now that it's going to become more of a more than just a pass-through. <laughs> yeah, so so we're we're talking about soft seating. When we're talking about that, it's like we want comfort seating. A, because, you know, we want to have people have a place to go to as soon as they come through security. Um, you know, in National Hall, you know, it's not too far off from the gates, right? Anywhere you are in National Hall, you, you don't have too far of a walk to get to any of the gates. And so we definitely want to educate people on, hey, you can sit anywhere in National Hall. We're going to have really comfortable seats there. Um, you know, it's going to be close to concessions area. So we're really trying to draw people out of just being the gate huggers, you know, and bringing them down into this comfortable area where we have beautiful architecture, you know, uh, beautiful artwork that kind of is throughout the throughout National Hall. Um, but how do we keep them there, right? Um, and so we can draw them to the area with this great seating, but then how do we keep them there? And so um, we really want to emphasize, you know, the aesthetics. So we are focused on that aspect of it. Um, we're doing some synergies as it relates to, like, we have a play area in one one section between um, between I think it's C and D um, but we don't have a play area between B and C so that might be a little bit of a long walk from somebody from B to come down to a play area so let's see if we can put something in there that's a play area right so that it's not a long walk and we got two places that you know we can have kids hang out and then part of the seating area um, next to it is where parents can sit 
they can they can charge you know so we're looking at the types of seatings that are going next to those areas and then what other comfort seating are we going to put for the rest of the concourse so that as people are walking through they know hey they can stop they can you know uh, uh, take a look out the windows they can charge because all the seating is going to have charging as well and so it's really going to be something that we want to create as a destination for for passengers coming through to say hey you don't necessarily have to go all the way to your gate you can grab something to eat you can you can sit there and look out the windows you know um, or you can just stroll national hall you know so we're going to make some aesthetic changes to it that we think people will really like mm -hmm. as far as a best practice from a leadership aspect of things go going through a project right now and being active what are some of the things you've learned as a leadership that have been beneficial going to know that understand this is something that other airports should think about when they undertake large renovation projects like this I think planning and, and making sure that you have all the stakeholders in the room. Um, I think once you start to collaborate and you get everybody in the room of the, what's the overall vision, I think then you get everybody on the same page of, of that path, you know? And so I, I happen to come in kind of in the middle of, of, of kind of all of this stuff happening already. Um, um, but then, you know, we stopped and thought about it and said, okay, well, what are we really trying to accomplish and how do we get everybody on the same page of all of those elements, you know? And then it's a timing perspective. Right. I mean, we know each each of us have that goal to re reach out. You know, engineering has their goal, operations has their goal. You know, um, but then how do we work together? And so I think that's really the key is is that stakeholder input very early on in the process um, to making sure that they can execute and we can execute together. And then. We know we're going to run, run into hurdles and things like that, but then how do we communicate with each other to making sure that, okay, we know that this is, a, this is an issue, how do we tackle it, right? But the further in advance we do that, the better we are, but then we all have to have the same kind of vision. And I think for us, the vision was always that elevated customer experience and that passenger experience. So we, we just have to make sure that, you know, we're all in the line with that vision and what that end result is going to be. So we're really excited about what is going to happen at the end of that. And in my my mind is that vision of hey this is exactly what it's gonna look like you know um, and can't wait to get there and we're gonna see a lot of people just so energetic about it but starting that in advance and getting everybody on the same page I think that's the, that's the number one key mm -hmm. and my last question for you today obviously a long way to go but when this project is done what do you want people to say about the DC area airports when they come through and see this um, well, it's the face of, of DC, right? As people, as, especially travelers coming in, we want them to say, oh God, I am like in this incredible, you know, first from an architecture standpoint, we have this prominent space in DC, you know, um, even Dulles Airport. We want people to come in and just feel like this is, I'm in DC, you know, I'm in this area, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so reflective of the environment that we have with the types of food, the culinary aspect. Everything that we want to deliver in the airport is really reflective of our area. It has such a local presence. We want that. Um, you know, it's, I think there's so many aspects that we can deliver on that. Um, we, we do a good job now. We can do a so much better job. And so that's what we want the takeaway to be is like as people are coming into our airport to say, I am in D.C., you know, and, and I know I'm here. And anything that I can get on the street, I can get in the airport. Um, so we want them to 
really reflect. We want to be the voice of you know people coming in to say, welcome to DC. We want to welcome you. We want it. We know we have every connection to museums and things you know all around the area, and we want to make that connection to those areas and say we're you know two hours in any direction. We can get you you know beaches. We can get you mountains. You know, but uh, but but we are we are the nation's capital, and we want that to be reflected. You know, from any anybody that's coming in, and so we really want to deliver that message of uh, we're here to you know embrace you to come in we know we we recognize that it's multicultural folks that are coming in um, and so every avenue that we can help those people from language you know translations to you know help people navigate the airport those are the kinds of things that we're looking at so that anybody that's coming to the airport is going to have that they know they exactly where they are and they know exactly what they can get and so that's that's what, kind of the message we want to deliver well, thank you very much. It's a very fascinating conversation. I cannot wait to see these evolve over the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm, I'm excited, too. Uh, this is just the beginning. And so um, as we're going through, you know, definitely we'll keep everybody uh, posted on our progress. But we are so excited about this program. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. If you're an airport leader, make sure to subscribe to the Airport Business Magazine daily newsletter And check out AviationPros.com, the official website of Airport Business, so you can learn more about the most important trends and tactics in the industry. I'm Joe Petrie. We'll catch you next time.